Talking with Girlfriends is our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Join hosts Matt and Nichette Jones and Tennille Daniels for some good and healthy girl talk. Get comfortable and ready to take some notes because there's always a gem. This season, we are digging into radical self-love through the 12 principles of healing through hospitality. Welcome to Love Madden, the podcast. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Going well. How are you? I am good. This is, we are in the beginning of celebration season around here. So I'm excited. All the birthdays. I think it's actually your birthday week. Yeah, it is. I'm pumped. Are you? Yes. I love my birthday. It is your birthday week. Yeah, no, I was making this all about you, less about me. Um, What was I about to say? No, anyway, yes, we love our birthdays. We love the end of March going into April, all the things. It's such a good time. So many, like in my family, all of our, everyone in my household birthdays within this two week span. My dad's birthday, your birthday, one of my other girlfriends, Mahi, like, but your mom's birthday is tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of rah rah sis goomba. <laughs> then you get a little no. I don't actually. I don't get tired of celebrating. So some people do. I don't. No, you don't, because you have a lot of celebrations planned. I know, and I had, I, y'all. I had so many ideas of things that I wanted to do for my birthday. But why? My mom was like, "Tanil, you don't even need to do anything. Like you did something last year." I'm going to celebrate all the birthdays because you just never know when it's your last. Now, that's true. That's why I said to you, as long as it doesn't exhaust you, do it. Now, if if it's making you tired and you're just doing it for the people, then enough. Yeah, no. I'm not doing it for the people. Yeah. Do it for me. Do it for you. We talked about the last episode, self-love. Love, that's how you show yourself love. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I, didn't, I failed to mention on the last episode when I talked about the... Um, Love God, love self, love others framework that for those who were interested, for those who didn't listen, go back and listen to episode seven. Um, But those who did listen and wanted to dive deeper into that content, if you go to lovemadden.com forward slash love, you can read um, a post that I did on the framework, get my thoughts on it, the scripture references. And then there's also a link to the 21 day challenge. one week focused on loving God, one week focused on loving self, one week focused on loving others. So go to lovemadden.com forward slash love. It is a free download um, and you can get, it's a two-page guide actually, a two-page guide that walks you through um, 21 days of intentionality around love. So if somebody's looking for a practice um, that they could start right away, which we talked about in the last episode, that's one, is free. And it's ready to go. So speaking of love, are you loving or leaving? I am loving this week. So um, probably four or five episodes ago, you talked about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot, which is just Bel-Air. Cue the music. (laughs) And I was a little skeptical of the reboot. Right. I think you went as far as to say it wasn't a reboot. Yeah, but, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
that was me, and this is what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't speak before you have the fat. <laughs> it's like, not nah, anyway. You're still kind of right, because it is a reboot, but it's also a dramatization of yeah. the show. Yeah, so... But anyway, mm-hmm. I have watched it and I love it and I can't get enough of it. I'm wondering like how many episodes are there before it goes away for this season because I'm always so sad when these things are over. And, and you have to wait all that time for yes, them to come back. But I was talking about how um I wasn't sure why they were releasing like one episode a week, but mm-hmm. It's actually helpful now because otherwise I probably would have finished it already and I would have been devastated. So Yeah, it's a little it's a little old school going back to having yeah. to wait every week for a show to come I out. I mean, I watch I wait for This Is Us every week, so Are you still watching that? Yes. Is it done? Is it good? It's, um, it's okay. It's not like the best season ever, but mm-hmm. I do want to see how it all ties together actually hmm. no because we this used to past, watch that hard together like yes this yeah. past episode was really good it um it was about rebecca bringing the kids together to mm. talk about her wishes for mm. um you know when she started getting sicker and mm-hmm. maybe not had all her faculties and um you know even when she passed she mm-hmm. left some instructions and she mm. had that conversation with them all together mm. where she had to make the hard call of like, this is the child um, that I'm leaving in charge of everything. Really? She picked mm-hmm. Randall. <gasps> I'm not going to tell y'all, but no, she didn't pick Randall. Oh, and I know he felt away because he thinks of course, he's the, because he thinks <laughs> he's exactly. He's got it all together. He's the boss, all of these things. But it was, that was just really touching because I, you know, it's important for us to have these conversations with our family. And mm-hmm. most of the time they don't want to have those conversations. No. Like, and sometimes we, we don't want to have those conversations. Well, that's true too. Yeah. Um, my mom, we've been open, like she's started, my mom and dad have um, started doing their estate planning. So we've begun those conversations, but like my grandmother, she has like some unresolved, like business issues that she's like, Oh, I'll just let you, um, my mom and my aunt handle it like when she's gone. Like, no, <laughs> don't leave this mess for us to it's clean. avoidance up. for me. <laughs> Grandma. Oh, but this is the thing. Like, these, it's very, it is hard conversations, but it you is. gotta have them. Yeah, I know. We, we don't like to talk about death in general, mm. but it's the only thing that's certain in this life. It's wild. We just gotta, we just have to... Face it, I think, is a first step. And then, you know, begin to normalize it. How could something so normal not be normalized? Ciao. And then I'm just going to, and then I will move on to what you're loving or leaving this week. Mm -hmm. If you all have not at least thought about estate planning, whether you're single, married, Etc. cetera, mm-hmm. you need to start looking into it. That's right. Um, so I, of course, you know, single woman, I have um, assets, things like that, mm-hmm. but I didn't have to do like the full shebang, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't have all of the things yet and, you know, no child, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there was like a standard pack of things that are important. Your healthcare, mm-hmm. um, like advanced directive, your power of attorney to, uh, documents, those mm-hmm. things. And so when I posted that on my Insta stories, um, do people even call it? No, my stories. Your stories. Mm-hmm. Um, people were like, oh my goodness, can you pass on the, the information? And some of these people were people with kids. And I'm like, wow. if you 
have kids, you definitely like don't leave yeah. those things to chance. So that's just my little plug for everyone to put it on their like goal list of things to do estate plan. That's really important. I was talking to a good friend of mine who is very successful businesses, uh, children, Mm -hmm. all those things, who is just now considering, not considering, she's considered it, but is just Mm -hmm. now actually beginning the process Mm -hmm. um, because it's one of those things that's always been on the to-do list sort of, you know, in the back of your mind. Yeah. So. That's something we always think like we have more time. time. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a wake up call where a mm-hmm. friend whose husband passed away, mutual friend whose husband passed away, they had mm-hmm. just finished their stuff oh, wow. a couple months ago before he mm-hmm. passed randomly. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. so um it's important to do and actually something that we that my husband and I were just talking about this week as we plan to make some changes to um, you know, our life in terms of income and work and this and that, adjusting some of the things that we had put together put and together. making sure that we're protected as a family. So it's a, it's not just something that you do once, but something that you need to adjust as life changes. Changes, exactly. Right. So um, especially business owners, people like that, like that Don't is let a them shift. come after your stuff. Exactly. Child. It's not just about having kids. Like she said, it's about having anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any kind yeah. of asset at all. So protect yourself. All right. Good. What are Good you note. loving or leaving this week? I am loving Simon Sinek. I talked about the book a couple episodes ago, but I'm loving him. He is, I mean, his whole so his um Hallmark book or whatever it is, his main book is called Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And um his why is all about inspiration. So I, like everyone else out here, love inspiration, and he's so inspiring. Um, He's so motivational, and if you haven't, I think you should definitely at least um, check out his TED Talk, which is called, it's it's old, it's over a decade old, Um, but after I read his book, I wanted to go watch the TED Talk again to unpack this golden circle theory that he talks through, but it's called How Great Leaders Inspire Action, and if I'm not mistaken, it came out in 2010. Um, but I've read and reread Start With Why. I'm currently working on the Find Your Why workbook, which actually, let me make an appeal here. So the Find Your Why workbook has a portion that you're supposed to complete um, partnered with someone who can help you through it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it needs to be someone who is not so close to you that they kind of already think that they know your why. It needs to be someone sort of neutral-ish. So if anyone's interested in this kind of work and wants to spend some time with me. I think it's like a three-hour commitment, um, and it could be virtual or in person. I would love to have the help to work through a portion of this Find Your Why workbook because I'm currently doing the portions I could do by myself. But anybody I I would ask is people who know me. So, Um, And I'm currently listening to Leaders Eat Last, which was his follow-up book. So I'm all things Simon Sinek right now. So if you're, a, again, a business owner, community leader, you know, if you have influence in your field or for a particular cause and you want to get people motivated, inspired, and moving into action, definitely check it out. That golden circle theory too, it's so simple, um, but he has like these three circles and the center circle is um, why. And that why really talks about a portion of our brain. We t- sometimes explain it as like our gut or like a gut feeling, but 
It's the limbic brain that I was talking about in episode seven that really controls our behavior and decision-making. So if someone asks me, why do you love your husband? I can give some practical bullet points or reasons, but really those are more of the what I love about him. But it's very hard to describe the why because the part of our brain that feels the why, our limbic brain, is not the part of our brain that controls communication, language, Mm. logic, and understanding. So it's almost illogical. So people try to describe these things using like analogies and parables, um, but it's tapping into something deeper. Um, And if you can harness that to get people motivated around a cause or to sell a a product or a service, um, you've got it made. So it's not about what makes your business better or how you do business, but it's really about why. And there are some companies that are really, really effective at that. We don't even know why we love them, but we do. (laughs) Apple. (laughs) So did you go on mute? I did. (laughs) (laughs) I almost lost you for a second there. So that's what I'm loving. Simon Sinek. His last name is spelled S-I-N-E-K. Love it. Yeah. I um, still have those Audible credits that I need to use. So I wrote down. (laughs) All the books. Leaders eat less. Mm -hmm. Love it. Get into it. All right. And now it's time to set the table. Yes, indeed. Today we are in the eighth principle. So we are two thirds of the way through our 12 um, fundamental principles of healing through hospitality. And principle number eight is set boundaries. In the context of gathering, when we talk about this gathering guide that we had developed and what that meant um, in the context of these face-to-face gatherings, it's really about setting expectations and boundaries around the discussion and around your time together around the table, right? So a boundary might be, we'll turn our phones off or we'll put them away or we won't start with judgment or we'll use how before wow when someone brings something up, things like that. In How before wow? I've never heard that before. I'm sorry, wow before how. I said it backward, first of all. Oh, okay. Because that totally discredits the thing. But yeah, wow before how. So if you say to me, Maddie, I am going to get married by 2024. And I say, well, how are you going to do that? You know, or I'm going to start a business. You should first start with, wow. That's great. That's an amazing goal. That's dope. I love that you set that out for yourself. That's cool. Or, I, you know, that's inspiring. And now then, how you do it? but how? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the boundaries that we set in discussions, and we do this in our marriage too, because um, my husband's he's a very logical thinker. So it's hit, with him, it's always how, which is discouraging to me. So I might tell him something I want to do with my business, and it's a how, and he's thinking practically and logically, and I'm thinking he doesn't believe in me. Mm. So that's something that we you know, have said in like our own conversations, it's always a while before how, like, and he, he might say, well, that goes without being said that I think is a dope idea. And I'm like, well, does it? So now we kind of, he'll say like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Or I like, I like how you're thinking about that. All right. But how are we going, how are we going to make that happen? Make so, mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so that's really what set, setting boundaries like look, looks like in the context of gathering. But in the context of this overall healing journey, it includes, I think, a wider set of boundaries. Boundaries not just around um, our physical time together, but around our space, mm-hmm. you know, physically, like how close are people physically to you, are people in your home, all those kind of things, our energy, mm-hmm. which can sometimes be one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, boundaries around our time, which are hella important, especially in the workplace. Like people just, 
eat up your time. Yeah. Our money, letting people borrow money and other resources, our stuff, and more. So there's a lot to unpack when it comes to boundaries. And I actually, for those who want to take a deeper dive, I'm going to say it now since I forgot to do this last time. Um, If you go to lovemadden.com and you go to the love notes, I'm doing a series called A Weekly Word right now where I'm going through um, 26 words, A through Z, on healing. Oh, I never even picked up on that. That it was A through Z. Did you tell people that or we were just supposed to catch on? All that. Y'all was supposed to, yeah, pick it up. Some people pick some people picked it up right away. Um, so the second week the the letter was B and the word was boundaries. So if you go back to the January 9th post um under love notes, you'll find it. I'll also link to it in the show notes. But I did a word, a weekly word on boundaries. And every weekly word has a post, like a thought from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has a passage, a prayer, and a practice. So the passage is a scripture, a practice is something that we can practically do, and then a prayer is us, you know, calling on God or our creator to help us um as we pursue that. So definitely check that out. Love it. All right, let's dig in. Yummy. <laughs> All right. So you've kind of set the stage for um, you know, what setting boundaries looks like. Mm-hmm. But in your everyday life, mm-hmm. in very practical terms, mm-hmm. what does that look like for you? It is setting a limit and then communicating it. Mm. So first, I need to define and set the limit, mm-hmm. and then I communicate what it is to others. So if I had to boil it down into the simplest terms, um, that's what that's what boundaries are and protecting boundaries look like for me. Well, you made it plain. Made it plain. All right. Question for you. What role has setting boundaries played in your personal life and on your journey to healing? So I will just be very honest with you all that um, I'm not good at this. Mm. So uh, I will say the role that not setting boundaries has played in my personal life and in my journey to (laughs) healing uh, has been very impactful. <laughs> so um, I think for me, it has limited some of the time that I've had available to do my own um, healing work, mm-hmm. right? Because I am uh, allowing others to take up the time that I could dedicate to doing some of those things, um, not by any of their own fault, because I could say no, mm-hmm. I could communicate better. Um, so again, I'm not putting the fault on anyone else. This is my own stuff that I got to work out. Um, but not setting boundaries, I think it just has limited my growth. Mm. And that, that's it. Wow. For me, um, it has been navigating. So when we talk about healing journey, a lot of this has to do with our childhood, our, our childhood selves, our authentic selves, right? So we say this all the time, whether you want to admit it or not, we all have trauma. We all have injury from when we were a child that shows up um, as adults. So for me, setting boundaries has been a focus on navigating being an adult child, being someone's child, right? Having parents, but still being an adult. I think navigating boundaries in other areas, um, you don't have the history. So 
navigating boundaries in your marriage or navigating boundaries in your friend relationships or at work, you're kind of starting from wherever that relationship started. But navigating boundaries with your parents can be challenging um, because you have to assert yourself and your boundaries, which are different from when you were their child. And, you know, I'm thinking about those of us who have kids who are in puberty and who are beginning to set and assert boundaries and what that looks like. Um, Those who maybe still have financial ties to, um, you know, their parents or their caregivers or guardians. And then those who are completely out of that realm and maybe in a, facing a different, you know, era of life where you're completely independent, but you still have a relationship. And then, for the older adults who are listening to the show who might have parents who are now completely depending on them. Um, you know, Tennille talked about like her grandmother and her mother. What do her mother's boundaries look like with her grandmother now? Um, and, you know, all the way down, generally, generationally. So um, for me, I think a big piece of my healing journey has been around familial boundaries. Mm-hmm. And not just with parents, because many of us have boundaryless families, right? Because we think family puts you in like a special category. So your boundaries with your cousins, with your aunts, with people who feel like they have um, a right inherited, yeah, a stake to your time, energy, mm-hmm space or money because they'll be in, you know, in some families in your pockets too. So um, I think for me, it's been about familial boundaries and those being a little bit more challenging to navigate than some of the other boundaries in life. All right. Yeah. So what is a personal lesson that you've learned as it relates to setting boundaries? Mm. Setting boundaries in the workplace with men can be challenging. Mm. Um, And that's something that I've learned, you know, more so in recent years, because I think that there is an understanding amongst women, um, professional women, about all of the context of what it means to be a woman. And so we'll, you know, we'll show up, but when we have to set a boundary because of whatever else we have in life outside of work, I think there is some context and some sensitivity and some understanding. I think that in a lot of times with men, it's almost looked at as you are lesser or less capable in the workplace because you're setting a boundary. Instantly it's, oh, well, this person is a mom or this person is a wife or this person Mm -hmm. is whatever. And men are not judged on that. You know, you don't know if they're a father, a husband or not, unless they tell you. And if they do, it really doesn't have anything to do with their job. So for me, it's almost like if I do set a boundary at work and I do often, I sometimes feel like I am silently being judged and maybe not even in a conscious way Mm -hmm. for setting that boundary, you know, and it, it can sometimes make women in the workplace feel less than because there's like a cloud over women, especially women who have um, families, women who are, you know, married or partnered. Mm-hmm. It's uh, There's a different expectation. Um, so a personal lesson that I've learned has been about how I speak, how I assert myself, how I address those professional boundaries with men and making those adjustments. Um 
that I might not necessarily make when I'm talking to a female counterpart. Because before it was always the same with everybody. And now I'm learning that I do need to do a little bit of code switching when it comes to men and women, because there is a contrast in how we're viewed in a professional workspace. Yeah, no, that's good. And um, very true, just in my own kind of professional um, life as well, especially that whole thing around, you know, that the expectation. And so, honestly, some women do this too. It's not just men. Mm-hmm, you're right. um, when you have people who are, you know, single or don't have kids, there is this, you know, un- n- sometimes spoken, spoken. <laughs> expectation that you are able to do all the things and mm-hmm. can work all the time. And I actually had someone throw the fact that I, have a good work-life balance like in my face as mm. like it was a bad thing to to, to do this was a man actually mm. um but yeah it's like excuse me who are who do you think you are I know. And then it's also on the flip side, the passive aggressive, like, well, we know you have a child, so, and I'm, don't manage my household. That, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. I'm setting a boundary because I'm doing whatever. I have a, I also have a business. I'm, I might be going on vacation. I might have other appointments. Like I have other things that might be going on, Right. but th- sometimes the assumptions are, oh, well, you know, like you said, let's give it to this person because they're single or trying to manage women's time or mansplain. Mm-hmm. I hate it here. You hate it here. <laughs> Child. I had a whole big discussion with my husband about things that he just can't understand as a, as a man. We were talking about the NBA and the WNBA and oh, right. value mm-hmm. um, with this whole Brittany, Brittany Green, um, Greer Greener thing. Or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, man, you're, you're, there's so much, um, there, you have such a limitation as a man, even as a black man, that there's the certain things that you just can't see mm-hmm. or understand, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and because he's someone who's so close to me, I was like, I, some of the things he was saying, I was like, are you serious right now? You know what I mean? So it's just like remembering that um, and being conscious of it because we have to navigate. We already have to navigate being black, which is something I was saying to him. You know, like mm, if you were saying the right. same thing and you replaced woman with black and you were having a conversation with a white man, this would just be egregious, the things that you're saying. You're so I said, we already have to na- yeah, we already have to navigate that. And then now on top of that, we have to navigate being women. So it's a it's a double-edged situation for us. Mm-hmm. That's why we create this safe space. Oh, show. Yeah, I think my um, personal lesson would be support doesn't mean self-sacrifice. Um, mm. So it just goes to, you know, setting those boundaries so that you're not sacrificing your own um, peace, your own energy, your own physical health, your own mental and emotional health, your own financial resources, you know, all of the things that um, you had mentioned a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. you don't have to um, give those things up and you don't have to not put yourself first in, other to get, in order to give others the support that they may need or um, that you may want to give. So mm. that is the lesson that I've learned kind of doing this work. And again, it's still a continuous journey because I am, I am, um, I have a hard time establishing and setting boundaries. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's real. All right. So this is the part two to that question. And 
I don't know what your comfort level is with this because you're talking about how you're, this is something that you're still working on. But if there was a piece of advice or a takeaway that you would give to a listener as it pertains to implementing the practice, and we're all on a continuum of, of a practice, right? But implementing a practice around setting effective boundaries um, in his or her own life, what, what would that takeaway be? Yeah, I would say, um, and yes, acknowledging that I'm still in the midst of this, is if something doesn't feel right or sit right um, to you, then you are not obligated to do it. Mm. Um, And sometimes you have to check that because um, we can talk ourselves out of um, it not feeling right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, by trying to like over justify why we should be doing all of the things. But um, yeah, if it doesn't feel right, you are not obligated to do it. So just have that check-in um mm-hmm. with yourself before you commit to something so that you are setting that boundary. And, you know, I think going back to just communication, it's important to communicate boundaries, especially for like a person like me who has normally not have many boundaries. If Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make that switch, you know, I'm going to have to communicate to the people who have been living bound boundary list free Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) for so long um, so that they understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. Um, So those would be like my two kind of takeaways, check in with yourself. If it doesn't feel right, you're not obligated, obligated to do it. And then just making sure that you're effectively communicating the boundary, especially if you have not had boundaries before. That's really good. Mine is almost the same. Um, It's clarity before communication. Mm. So I think there are some folks who are quick to communicate a boundary, Mm -hmm. but who haven't taken the time to get clear on what the boundary is. Mm. So, you know, we're quick to say, I ain't going to be able to do it. Or, you know, if it had it been me, you know, and you're communicating what you would and would not do, but you don't really know because you haven't sat with it and got clear on your why, um, on what your where your line is. And so you really don't know it until you've crossed the line. Now you're overwhelmed. Now you're tapped out. Now you're out of this money. Now you're uncomfortable in your own space. And so you're, you're you know, you're, you're quick to communicate which what I'm what it ain't going to be and what you're not going to do right. but have you taken the time to gain the clarity first and so Tanil you know just started to I think talk about this a little bit by saying the gut check mm-hmm. um but even beyond the gut check like write down your boundaries what is the line what is the boundary get super clear on it so when we talk about a physically a physical boundary a gate is a boundary a door is a boundary a state line is a boundary but sometimes when we apply that term, and we know it's a buzzword, um, to our lives and to our healing process is blurry. It is a moving target. So for me, it's clarity before communication. I will, you know, I'm very intentional about not expressing to other people what I can and cannot do until I have first expressed it to myself. No, that's good. I actually wrote that down. Yay. um, I do think at times I'm quick to respond without thinking about how the ask will impact me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just taking a little time to get, you know, clarity around what is this expectation and can I realistically do it before I communicate that you don't have to, you know, give an answer right in the moment. You Correct. can always say, let me get back. Get let me think about first. it. Yeah. And, and get back. 
and like quantifying it. You know, how much money can you let somebody borrow before you do or don't, you know, feel comfortable not getting it back? Mm -hmm. How much time do you have available to you? So like I'm in a season right now where I'm being asked to do a lot of different things and I'm saying, well, I'm not able to do it because I don't have time. But what is the boundary? What would shift that? Is there a dollar amount? If somebody says, hey, if you're able to do this engagement for, you know, $10,000, $5,000, $2,000, what is the boundary? What's the line? Or if I'm able to do it for free, what does the rest of my time need to look like? Is it that I have at least one weekend a month free? Is it that I only do four unpaid speaking engagements? Um, So there is the gut check, like, does this feel right to me? But then sometimes something can feel right to you and feel okay to you, but it's still not the season where you can... Accept it. Yeah. So in college, Tanil and I and our girlfriends, we had this $5 rule. You know, it was a boundary, which is basically if something, if I if I let you hold $5 or less, <laughs> don't ask for it back and don't expect it back. We're not going to be sitting here exchanging $2 and $3 back and forth. Now, this was in college. We, we didn't really have no jobs. I think when we graduated, we, um, I think we bu- um, bumped it up to a $20 rule. So I think, you know, if it's an Uber ride of $12, I'm not sending you, I'm not sending you $6. Uh, true. We're, yeah. Yeah. I might period. be absorbing that. Yeah. I don't know if we've bumped it up since the 20, but I know at some point we were like, the five is yeah. low. We have say, jobs. I don't know if we've ever communicated this, but I would say $50 in this, like where we are now is I think so sufficient. too. Right. Which is why when I bought dinner the other day and you cash at me, I thought it was a little un- <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> Bought a twenty-eight dollar a twenty-eight dollar entree, and she was like, "What's your cash app?" I was like, "Huh, okay." Well. But wait, okay. Let me tell y'all why I did that though. Hmm. Because so when I um asked, you I asked invited Patty, because you felt like you invited, I invited yourself. I invited myself over because I mm-hmm. didn't really feel like I was like I didn't know what I was going to eat for dinner, and then I was like, "Oh well, Maddie, it's closed. I she can might be cooking. She might be cooking. <laughs> Let me figure out what she's doing." And so. That was the plan. Like, okay, I'm going to go over there. But I also said, like, I feel like Tommy and Cole, like, and Martin, like, just showing up. (laughs) So then she was going to cook, but then she didn't end up cooking. We ended up ordering out. And then I felt like, oh. There's another mouth to feed. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, and and Maddie and Lewis always treat me really well. So it's all good. Like, I didn't think I had to, but I just didn't want to feel, yeah, like I was a leech. Right. Yeah. Well, good. I I mean, whatever makes you comfortable. (laughs) You know, who am I to say? Like, do whatever makes you comfortable. But I will say, I think we have very clear boundaries in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think if Tanil had asked to come over and I was like, girl, I'm tired, it would there would have been no offense taken. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have been an issue. Or if she had come over to eat and she didn't cash at me the money, it would have been no offense taken because we've had conversations before. Mm -hmm. I know people who are operating in quote unquote friendships who carry so much resentment over what I think is like small potatoes. Like we're not going to sit here and argue over a a dinner or whatever. Um, But there's probably some room to communicate boundaries and, and to ask to, to create the space. I know that there's, Anytime Tanil talks to me about something that's heavy, she's always going to say first, like, hey, are you in a place? Or if she forgets, she'll go back and be like, dang, I didn't even ask you. Like, mm-hmm. are you in a place to receive this right now? Or how are you Girl. first? Or what's going on? Um, that's, people will dump. 
they will dump. And so there needs to be a spoken, we talk about unspoken boundaries. I think they all need to be spoken. Like this is what we do. We ask first, or we say this, and we don't take offense if someone responds in this way or that way. And if there's a person who does take offense, now you adjust your boundary around that relationship. Mm -hmm. If this person is sensitive to XYZ or they take offense to XYZ, then I'm I'm probably not going to ask this person to stop by. Right. Or I'm probably not going to play with this person in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I don't want to be friends with this person at all. That's the approach I take. I'm like, this is too much. This is too... Yeah, it's too much. Got to take a step back. Yeah. Tanil's a good... She's a very patient friend. She has friends of all different levels with different needs. <laughs> And she navigates them so well. I'm like, I can't believe you're still friends with this person. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that... well, it's this kind of friend or it's that kind of friend. She's really good. You're really good about that. Yeah. Everybody has different needs. And I try to, that might also need to be something I would need to work on. But no, everybody has different needs. And so I try to give people a little bit of grace. Now, if you mm-hmm. go too far, then I'm going to have to not maybe totally leave you alone, but mm-hmm. put some space in between it where you can go figure out yourself out and then circle back. When, and circle back, yeah. When you're ready. <laughs> and also, I, you know, I went to the um, this Women's Wellness Weekend, I think I told you guys about, or you might have seen me share about in um, Montego Bay a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. It was hosted by a significant impact um, and time travelers, I think it's a travel agency who's now foraying into doing these retreat weekends. And so we had a lot of conversation with lots of groups of women rotating through and having dinner and lunch with different groups of women. And um, I was having a conversation with one young lady where she was speaking to the whole table mm-hmm. about how something keeps happening to her, like in her friendships mm-hmm. um, and people showing up a certain way. And I said to my friend who was sitting next to me, like, that's wild. Because people, some people were shaking their heads. I said, that has never happened to me. That's wild that she's saying that this is always happening to her and her friendships and that I've never experienced that. That's weird. Or that I can think of. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you do a really good job setting a boundary around that. And people kind of know what time it is when it comes to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people are not going to feel that same level of closeness or intimacy um, to show up in that way. So, you know, you can be kind but not be close. And I'm like, huh. I started to really think about that. Like, who are the people who are closest to me? Mm -hmm. And I really have scrubbed that list. Like, (laughs) the people who are the closest and who have the access are people who have proven or shown that they're not going to show up in that way. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that this girl is experiencing with her quote-unquote friends is because her, her inner circle includes maybe so many people who haven't been vetted. So it gives more people access you know, crazy people to talk crazy to her. Whereas, you know, I don't see Tennille showing up like that to me or any of my other close friends who I could, you know, who I could list. Like, um, I never thought about that as a boundary that I set. I thought it was just like the luck of the draw. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, where are you from? Like, I thought maybe it was, was it regional? Right. Yeah. But it's just how we, what we're doing, whether we're being conscious of it or not. That was an unconscious boundary for me. Right. And that's that sifting process. Like, you know, I think when we were younger, we thought it was cool to have like a million trillion friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sometimes that causes more problems than than necessary. And so you do have to put some boundaries around that inner circle. Yeah. And actually on the same trip, um, Jennifer Tyler did a talk on, if you don't follow her, she's such a gem. She was a, a past... Um, guest on episode on season 
three, three of the podcast, um, but she did a talk on friendship and spirituality. Mm. And she talked about three different types of friends. And that really spurred a, a conversation with some of the women afterward about the categorization of friends. And that's mm-hmm. something we've talked about here too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Tanil talks about people want, valuing having lots of friends. I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. But really understanding what an outer circle friend is versus yeah. what an inner There's circle friend is, is levels. And even in like, um, you know, you all know that I'm going through a fertility journey and I mm-hmm. have um, a group of women that I have a WhatsApp group where I mm-hmm. share, you know, different things about my journey. But mm-hmm. even within that group of, let's say... 10, mm-hmm. there's like layers in that group, right? right. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just have to be, um, yeah. Mindful. Mindful. Intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. And sometimes we don't consider these, these we call it categorization or prioritization or s- circles, but they're boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. This person can they get this close and then they reach the invisible force field mm-hmm. of arm's length, you know, whereas some people I'll let get even closer. Um, I've talked about it before. I'm going to mention it again because it bears mentioning again, and I'll put it in the show notes. Nedra Glover Tawab has an excellent book um, on the topic. It's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. I was like, this is the subtitle for me. Um, It's really good. She also has a workbook stick with it. When it first starts, like, and I think I said this before, like the first chapter, I was like, oh, I don't need this. I'm really good at this. You know, I, I, I got it down. Mm-hmm. But then when we got to, I think it was three or four, I said, well, whoa, wait a minute now. The person, the example she's giving, That's it's me. me. <laughs> it's me. Is it you that I'm looking for? And I realized that there were a lot of spaces in my life, doors that were left unchecked, boundaries that I never let alone communicated that I never even established for myself. So um, check out the book. If it starts a little slower, you don't think it's relevant, keep pressing through. It's a good one. I haven't done the workbook yet, but I I have um, read and listened to the book on Audible and I do recommend it. Yes. Love that. All right. Where are we at now? I think we just talked about the um, personal... Lesson takeaway, yeah, that was our takeaway. Was it? Did you do? Did you I do? Feel like I, we, I mean, we've just been talking so freely, I don't even remember. Yeah, my, my takeaway was oh, yeah, clarity, was yeah, clarity math. before communication. Okay. Yep, and you did yours. So now we're at the your favorite portion of the show wow. it's accountability. That's why I was trying to go back. That's right. <laughs> He's trying to step, step back <laughs> to experience it's application and accountability. And as always, I get to ask you first. If there's one way that you can apply this pa- practice um, in the very near future to your own life, what would it be? Yeah, I think I'm going to take something that I've learned from this episode and I'm mm-hmm. going to um, try the clarity before communication process. It's um, a nugget. I, I think that's our golden nugget of the episode. It Marcus, is. Can we get a ding, 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 ding? Here we go. Now, when you give the golden nugget, you want to add a ding, well, ding, 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 ding. We didn't have sound effects before. You've had some good nuggets. I, I told you <laughs> no, publicly on the I'm air. Joking. I know. I I'm think joking. it was episode one or two of this season. So many people hit me up about I know, expectations <laughs> the enemy. Yeah. All right. All so right. go ahead. So yeah, no, just making sure that I am clear on my own um, what the boundary needs to look like and then communicating that boundary versus just 
giving an answer in the moment, which is how I normally operate. So that's good. That's really good. Um, Mine is setting a boundary and protecting my time when it comes to my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about this before, how my job, because there it is ministry, um, which you know can happen twenty four seven, and I am in communication, which also can needs can and needs to happen twenty four seven. That there are times where it'll bleed into other times, but then there are also more often than not moments where it it doesn't have to. So for me, it's doing a better job of setting boundaries when it comes to responding to text or redirecting people back to email or Slack or any of the professional channels, you know, because it, it does kind of bleed in. Right. Um, same thing with time about taking late calls. There are times where we need mm-hmm. to, because we're working with volunteers and others who work during the day, but also for those of us, you know, who keep a nine to five schedule, um, we don't, we don't have to meet at six. We can meet the next day. So, right. um, that is what my practice will be. It'll be about, uh, establishing and communicating better boundaries as it relates to my professional life. I love that. I also thought about something else, um, for myself, which mm-hmm. you mentioned this earlier too, like you don't have to do everything that someone asks you, even if you mm-hmm. think it's a really good opportunity. So mm-hmm. um, it, it goes back again to that clarity, then communicate, um, you know, take some time to think, is this really something that I want to do? I have time to do mm-hmm. in this season. So That's good. And sometimes um, Unique, who is also a past guest on this show, had said to me in a conversation one time that sometimes um, distractions will come disguised as opportunities. Mm. And she had a really big opportunity in January of 2020, mm-hmm. you know, it was dollar signs. It was notoriety that she thought she wanted to go for, but something in her gut told her to keep tinkering with this game she was mm-hmm. messing with. And that game within several weeks, you know, blew up. And then we went into this global pandemic and now she's the culture tags lady. So, right. um, you listening to our gut and taking time to get clarity on those opportunities before we communicate uh, is critical. So that's a, a lesson learned from a from a friend. Yeah. From a friend. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else before we move into prayer? No, I think we can get right to it. I don't have anything else. You got anything else? Nah, right. I'm just soaking it all in. All right, let's roll with it. Okay. Let's uh. Organs, please. <laughs> this really cracks me up. <laughs> I, live, I, I live for the sound effects, okay? I've been, this is season four and I finally got them and I'm just pretty hype about it. Um, okay, let's pray. God, we love you. We honor you. Um, we praise you, God. We are so grateful for this time and this platform um, that we would take the time out of a show, of a podcast, of just a part of sort of our regular everyday, quote unquote, secular lives, God, to pause and to honor you. We thank you for um, the insight to do that and for the courage to do that. Lord, we just want to thank you for everything that you have done for us, from for carrying us from week to week, um, for keeping us, for blessing us, for instilling purpose in us, and for helping us to be consistent um, on our journey toward healing and wellness and um, encouraging uh, and promoting to bring others along on that journey with us so that we can um, be co um sojourners together on this path, God. Um, And so we thank you so much for that, Lord. We thank you for um, 
boundaries. We thank you for teaching us about boundaries through your word. And we thank you for the opportunity to establish and set healthy boundaries in our own lives. God, we are grateful for laws and regulations and commandments. God, all of those things um, are boundaries. And so we're grateful for those things. And to have that example of how we can do that in our personal lives. Um, we, we look to you as with all things. So we ask that you would help us to be um, courageous and confident um, as we gain clarity and as we um, communicate and establish boundaries with ourselves and with others. I pray for every person um, who is under the sound of my voice right now that you would heal their hearts, that you would show up in their situations, anything that they might be dealing with, um, spoken and unspoken, even those things that they might be hiding or have tucked away, God, um, we pray that you would show up in those spaces, in those private spaces right now, um, and bring healing like only you can. We thank you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. Till next time. Four more episodes. Lego. Lego. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Like what you've heard? Show us some love and follow or subscribe. Then leave a five-star rating and review. Yes, and there's plenty more where this came from. Check out the show notes, download the online guide, and keep the conversation going over at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N.